Welcome to the Sex Worker's Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where the answer to life, the universe, and everything are sex workers. Uh, I am your host, Parker Westwood, and I'm really grateful to be doing this podcast. This is the first episode. My voice just cracked. (laughs) Um, This is the first episode And I am really excited to get to introduce you all to someone I met for the first time because of this podcast, Um, Catherine Morgan. Domina Cat Morgan is a Detroit-based pro-dom and an incredible storyteller, as you will learn shortly. We explore the ins and outs of what it is to be a pro-dom and learn a lot about Cat Morgan in the process and what it's been like through COVID, uh, what her life has been like battling cancer in recent past, um, and how she got started. So without further ado, I'm going to let Cat take it away. Um, this is our interview. Thanks for listening. Hey. Hey, Cat. How are you? Good. How are you? So nice to finally meet finally. Oh my gosh. I know it's, I feel like we've been dancing around each other for a long time. All right. So this is a first ever for me. Cool. Me too. Oh, um, okay. Well, this good. is my first interview for the podcast, uh, admittedly. So I, oh, I get to be your first. Yeah. Um, well, I'm flattered. Cool. <laughs> I'm flattered you, you wanted to be on the show. I was like, I didn't ask anyone I know, like I know in person right away. I was just okay. kind of like, I want to do, I want to do a show where it's someone I don't know. Cause then I'm asking questions more authentically. Cause I don't know anything about your life. Correct. Um, so I think it's like a good litmus test almost. I'm excited. And I'm, yeah, I have like little butterflies. I'm really excited to be able to talk to you. Well, I'm a little nervous. I, and I had all the questions at my play space and like I wrote answers down. So I would have my thoughts. Why don't you introduce yourself um, to our listeners? Like, who are you and what kind of sex work do you do now? Okay. So I am Domina Cat Morgan. I'm a pro dominatrix. I've been doing it professionally for seven years a true pro-dom. Many people say they are a pro-dom, but a true pro-dom never is nude and does not have sex or intercourse. She may wear a harness and use a strap on, mm-hmm. but subs do not touch me or touch a true pro-dom. That is not part of it. And most times they don't even get any type of release. Interesting. It's more fun that way. Um, right. To be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, and how did you, how did you get started in the industry? And then we'll get into more of the Dom stuff, but how did you get started in, in the sex work industry? So eight years ago, I lost my corporate job. I was used to making close to 200,000 and I have no degree and I lost my job and I the economy was crappy and I couldn't find another job making the same kind of money. And I had some medical issues with huge medical bills. So Mm -hmm. I was working three jobs, nothing was working. 
and I started online camming. And I was truly a nerd. Yes. Serve a Navy business suit with my hair in a bun to work every day. And then the first time I went online as a cam girl, I was horrified. I was scared. I was terrified, Mm -hmm. but it opened my eyes to really who I am. And people online said, oh, I should be a pro dom. I shouldn't do the normal stuff that cam girls do. And I said, I didn't understand. Well, there was a online fan who said, took me in a private show and said, I am a master in another country. I would like to train you for free. Wow. Every couple of days, he would come on for an hour and he would sit and talk to me. And I asked why he would do this. And he said, you have the power you just don't know. And I want to see men and know that men are at your feet and treating you like the queen that you should be treated. Oh my God. I love that. And (laughs) this day, him and I have never met. It's been eight years. He is my best friend, yet we have not met in person ever. He buys almost all my boots, all my latex, my high-end clothing. He loves, he's now my emotional support, almost like my therapist. If I'm stuck on how to get somebody to the next level, I brainstorm with him. Um, But now for him, it's the reward of my hard work by listening to him and building my so-called empire. That's amazing. So he functions as like this mentor and yes. has helped you build what you have now. Right. And initially I would like text him and say, I don't know what to do. This is what's happening or this is what I have coming up and I don't know what to do. Now he says, <laughs> he can't get as freaky as I am because I've gone to other levels that surpass his. Amazing. So he is not into like knife play and other things in that nature or electricity. Um, His level is more of the mind. So he's helped me with the mind fuck in all of this because it is the mind. And then I share, or sometimes if I question myself after I do a session he helps me understand that it's okay because I'm providing a service that's a it sounds like an incredibly special relationship to have with someone it is yeah it's, it's very it's so you we love each other but we're not in the same place right and you so you had never really had a foray into the BDSM community you none whatsoever wow. I was always told my whole life, I was bossy. I was had to have everything my way. My parents are from Europe. I don't know that they understood. Um, and they say the best doms are trained by a military, a Marine Corps drill sergeant. <laughs> that checks out. Wow. Um, that I have that in my life. And I tell everybody I did 17 years in the military, so to speak. Um, so often... I think of my childhood when I'm providing discipline. Yeah. Important. That is really cool. Um, So, so you started camming. 
mm-hmm. um, eight years ago. And how long were you cam? Like, how long did you continue to cam before you moved into pro doming? Well, during the cam time, one of my everybody, I had several people that told me I should do this in real life. And somebody gave me a name of somebody who would help build me a website and teach me how to screen, but I was afraid. And I worked 25 hours a week doing cam stuff. And I made $45,000 in the first year. Wow. And I thought that was pretty good money. Yeah. For 25 hours. When I calculated what the and I won't mention the name of the company, what they made, they made four times what I made. Mm. During the time I was camming my online world, they helped me create my first dungeon. The contractors taught me how to build a wall and put studs in my basement and hang things. So they would pay to do a show, but they would teach me. And then when I realized that when I got my first 1099, how much money the company made, I felt I was cheated. So Mm -hmm. then I reached out to this company to help educate me to be safe and teach me how to do things. And the cam world wouldn't negotiate my commission renegotiate. So after two, three, maybe three months, when I was doing both worlds, I stopped the other world because this was way more lucrative and I could control my destiny a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty remarkable how often um, sex workers are taken advantage of in on platforms like that. But also I come from stripping. So like even at strip clubs, yep. the amount that we're cheated out of um, at every level is pretty wild. It is. So you, you went straight into pro doming and after camming for th- only three months, was it three months of camming? I cammed for a year and then okay. I launched um, this, this side of my world online, I was Roxy. Um, <laughs> that very nice. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> um, but I didn't think that was a good mistress name. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I needed to invent a new persona. So I cammed for about three months why I built this industry. And very now cool. I have, I control my world, my life when I want to work. I have a company name. I pay people to help me do things. It is a business. And if anybody says it's not, it is. Yeah. Because I pay, I mean, I pay taxes. I do everything that a real business owner would. Absolutely. Hire people. Yeah. We have expense reports, all the things. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody would do that for me. That's my weakness. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. I love spreadsheets, but I just, whenever I have to think about money, I'm just kind of like someone else do it. Um, yeah, I did. I'm still stunned that you didn't really get into the BDSM community, um, before becoming like becoming a pro dom. So that's really, really cool. When people were uh, like, Hey, you should be doing pro dom work. What was your first impression? I of the work itself. Sorry. I didn't understand a hundred percent. Most people think when you go to see a dominatrix, it's especially people that don't know, they automatically think they're going to get beaten. And I explained to them, just because I'm a dominatrix doesn't mean I'm going to beat you. A good pro dom 
a great one because I know I'm a great one. Yes. A great pro dom gives you what you want, but she serves it how she wants to serve it. Can you just repeat that one more time? A good pro dom gives you exactly what you want, but she serves it how she wants to serve it. A bad mm -hmm. pro dom gives you what she wants. So example is, and I have a 98% return rate. I actually track who comes back. There is a dom in Michigan that has never had a repeat client, yet she touts she's the best. I'm like, well, you can't be. The only reason I have openings is because of the COVID. So many of my people mm -hmm. lost their jobs or their spouse lost their jobs. So that's, I didn't have an opening to take anybody new for almost 18 months. So my new people are thrilled that my former subs lost their jobs and my former subs that are in a different financial position are terrified. I won't have a spot for them when they come back. I'm yeah. like, well, if you were good, I'll have a spot for you. If you weren't. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> so Another just a little something. When I first got in my first two years, I never, ever laughed. I was always stern and always strict. Wow. And really severe, no matter what I did. And one day I was doing a session with a sub that's six foot eight. And I really don't remember what happened. But I busted into a fit of giggles to the point I was laying on the floor with tears streaming down my face, not looking very Dom-like. <laughs> couldn't control myself whatsoever. And he looked horrified. And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to end the session and give you your money back. Cause, cause this was so unprofessional. And he said, you have the scariest laugh. You laugh like a witch. You should always laugh because at my size, the hair on my neck stood up. Oh my God. That's incredible. I said, nobody has ever told me that I laughed like a witch. And he goes, you did, you do. And you're scary. So now I laugh and everybody tells me that. So I guess I could have been the wicked witch of in the ass. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> so now if I'm going to laugh, I laugh. Yes. So and I think that. that's an important part of this work too, is I, I felt like I had to have such a strict persona for so long or like be in like quote unquote in character. Um, and the more I've, allowed myself like my authentic self to show up in a session the more fun it is for everyone yes um yeah so I love hearing that so a lot of and this is a big thing out there too so I just want to touch on this when I said a Please. good a true pro dom gives you what you want but she serves it so an example would be because I learned this I always ask when somebody says, oh, I went to somebody else and this is, and I always like, well, why did you leave? You know, what is it that they did? So I can learn from that person's mistake. Yeah. But a lot of people will say subs, oh, I'll do anything. That is not true. Most people will not mm -hmm. do anything. And I always tell people, be really careful. I am a kind person. Mm -hmm. I can be severe. I can cut you with a knife. I can shock you to all hell. Mm -hmm. but I truly care about human beings. So a sub that came to me said he was not into forced buy or gangbangs. Right. And he told his mistress that he would do anything. Once she had him tied up, mm. he was 
abused in a very, he was in essence raped. Mm. He never went back. He didn't see a Don, professional Don for years because he was terrified as he should be. Yeah. So I tell people, be really careful. Everybody's required to do homework before they see me. I yes. need to know what's inside their head. I study the medical aspect, the fe uh, fetish aspect and the psychological aspect. Um, we go over medical each and every time because I don't want anybody to die on my dime. Mm -hmm. If somebody's ankles are swollen, I'll know that maybe they didn't take their heart meds. So they can't see me. Yeah. I can't take that risk. So it's That's... important. I tell people do not say I will do anything. Yeah. That's that part of like honesty and communication that we talked about earlier. Um, it is so key. And so many people want they want to please. And so they, especially subs, right. So they feel right. like they have to say, I'll do anything. And it's right. like, how about be honest? Like, if, <laughs> how about that part? <laughs> right. right. So I tell people, if you don't do your homework, you just don't see me because based on your homework, it allows me to ask some more questions and the homework is in several parts. It allows me well, there's two things. It, it allows me to understand them, but it also builds the foundation of they will think of me mm. all the time. You will crave me. I tell them you will crave me when you leave. When you're banging somebody else, you're going to think of me. When you're at work and you're having a hard time, you're going to think of me. I will consume your thoughts and I'm fully aware of it. And that's okay. That's why you book a session. Yes. That need. I love that. I mean, that's the, that's what we strive for. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. So I know I veered you off on your questions. I'm sorry. No, that's the entire point of this. I, it's why I only plan like six or seven questions. Cause I know, well, I know how I am. I'm a Libra and an air sign. So I'm all over the place. Yeah. That's so if one of my questions is like, how long have you been in the BDSM community? And it's just like, <laughs> um, <laughs> talk about that. Uh, one, I would love to talk uh, or I would love you to walk us through is um, like an average day of work for you. Like, what does that look like? So I don't do anything really late at night. Um, my personal choice. Mm -hmm. I feel that the people that want a session at midnight, um, they may have other motives or ulterior motives. And my safety is always first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So my day starts at 5 a.m. because I am a morning person. People think I'm crazy, but some people are a night person. Bless your heart. <laughs> I, I, I put on my workout clothes um, because I have my coffee and I start returning my emails and I start posting on Twitter. But at five foot two, even though people say by my pictures, I look substantially taller. I'm only five, two and I'm like a size two. I need to be able to maneuver people that are six foot eight because I actually have my largest client is six foot nine and I have five at six foot eight. So when I'm roping or tugging or pulling, I need to be able to make sure that my core is good. My back is strong enough. My legs are strong enough. So mm -hmm. then I work out first thing in the morning because otherwise I won't do it. I hate working out. Same. <laughs> so I do my Netflix and I work out. That's, I permit myself because I'm like crazy routine, um, almost like military style. Like, okay, I get to Netflix because I'm working out. If I don't work out, you don't get Netflix. So if I'm in the middle of a series and it's like, you don't, you just don't get it. 
I love that. That's so smart. That's like mind fucking yourself into working out. I love that. Right. And then if it's like a hour and 50 minute show or two hour movie, you actually get a longer workout. I might steal this from you. This is amazing. I might text you and say, what are you Netflix? What are you watching? Yes. Then I usually have my first appointment by 10 a.m. I don't do quantity I do quality mm-hmm. when somebody does a session when a sub does a session it takes 48 hours for them to truly process a session it also takes me time and I never used to give myself that time because I might do two sessions in a day and I might do or I might do a six hour and then the next day two two hours and then an hour one that I was burning myself out and didn't realize it until the COVID hit. So the good thing that came out of COVID was I realized, God, I never get a break. So when I set up for a session, about a half hour for a session, I review always the morning of during coffee, I review my their homework so that I've really got their homework embedded in my head. Mm-hmm. I usually set up while I'm having my coffee because by touching each toy, each piece of equipment, it helps me go into the headspace I need to go into. And every session is different. If it's cross-dressing, that I don't have to go deep. If somebody is a true masochist, Mm -hmm. I can't talk to anybody for several hours beforehand because I have to take myself to a really dark place for me to beat them until, to give them what they want, yeah. If it's whipping them till they're bleeding, if it's cutting them with a knife, if it's running needles through their body, if it's a combination of all of those things at one time, sometimes people say, do you get turned on? I'm like, no, when I'm touching you, because often my hand will caress their body, I'm actually checking their pulse, checking yeah. their breathing, making sure their heart's okay. And we're not racing out of control because I don't want somebody to die because I have people that will do electricity, needles, knife play, and other stuff all at one time. So if you're putting four or five things into the mix, my goal is to still give them what they want, but not to harm them. Absolutely. I don't think a lot of people get how much focus that takes. Right. Um, And then after a session, because I'm OCD and people should be ever so grateful that everything is yes <laughs> some people are like you wear so many gloves I'm like do you want disease right <laughs> but every toy that I touched has to be sanitized every piece of equipment and now because of the COVID when they leave I wash the bathroom walls every light fixture every door I spray all the furniture the dungeon furniture I go through it takes me couple hours to really do everything good and then I need to shower and then I need to decompress before I can do another one so now if I do more than one in a day they have to be spaced out yeah absolutely there's so much more that we have to think about now that COVID is a is a factor um yeah what is um if you don't mind me asking because I know like our decompressant decompression routines and all that stuff is a bit personal, but like, what does it look like for you to decompress? 
I usually put on my workout clothes and depending on the weather, but there's days where it's storming and I just grab a coat and I will walk in the rain. I need music, music. Mm -hmm. I don't have music. I can't, but it's usually something physical. It might be a bicycle ride. It might be a walk. It might be a little bit, um, with weights. It could be the punching bag. Um, not normally running, but I might power walk. My power walk is probably most people's jog. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but I have to do something physical to like, let it go. I have one person that books a very extended and it's usually a 14 hour session and he's a masochist. When I get done with him, once I sanitize and clean, I pretty much need three to four hours just to sleep because I'm mentally and physically completely wiped. Yeah. 14 the- hours is a long time to do any kind of work. Right. Not right. to mention like emotional, like deep dive, dark masochistic work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's impressive. Right. So a lot of people don't understand and most of the time I never sleep, uh, slip really, really deep into headspace unless I'm doing a really long session, mm-hmm. but I have to draw on my demons, very dark demons in order to provide what they need. As weird as that sounds. No, that's everybody got to get it how they need to get to where they need to go. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Um, and then needing to differentiate yourself from your demons afterwards. Correct. Makes a lot of sense. It's like you open a little box, you let them come out to play and you shove them all back in there and you close the door and you move on. And then I have to, often I do like, I call it normal people things before I crash. I might have to go walk around Lowe's or Meyer, and I have to interact at a very vanilla level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little tiny restaurant, a little diner that I used to go to all the time if I did something really intense. And I would sit at the counter and just talk to people there because it allowed me to reconnect until I was ready to crash physically. And then I'd go to sleep. Then I'd be like, okay, I'm good. I got to go now. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do, I was told I was good when I did pain. Mm-hmm. And then one day I had what I deemed as terrible news, uh, medically. Mm-hmm. And I was really upset and I wanted to cancel my session. And I thought, well, if I was in corporate America, I wouldn't cancel. I'd still have to go to work. So when I did the session without really putting a lot of thought into it, I took the anger, like I took everything I felt for that phone call and I put it into my whip. Mm-hmm probably isn't really good. (laughs) But when I got done, my sub said, wherever you're at in your head today is where you always need to be. Today, you are superior. Draw on that demon. And I thought, oh, that's crazy. And then I did another session the next day, but I was still feeling from the news I received, still anger and whiny. And I directed and he said the same thing. So as terrible as it sounds, if I have somebody that is really looking for an incredible amount of pain, I draw on that phone call. I put myself right where I was. Mm -hmm. I keep it right at the top. I do my session and then I let it go. 
That sounds incredibly therapeutic. Like, I mean, on both parts, but I mean, for you specifically, like to be able to, I mean, for me, at least like as a like femme identified person in this world, mm-hmm. um, we've been socialized to not really express our anger. Correct. So that sounds liberating as all hell <laughs> to me. <laughs> well, I didn't know that I should say this one. So I got into knife play and I know that my sub will listen to this when it airs. Mm-hmm. He if asked they're a good me, sub. Yeah. <laughs> In the beginning of COVID, he said, if you could do anything to anybody, give me five things. I hadn't really thought about like hurting anybody or doing anything. He goes, everybody has stress. So just write five things. So I was kind of being a jerk. And I said, oh, if I could like waterboard somebody, because I haven't done that in a while, I would. If I could put somebody in a chair, gag them and pull their teeth, I would. If I could take a knife and carve their body with my name, that'd be awesome. And I don't really remember what the other two were, but it was all kind of as a joke. Yeah. So he responds with, you can't waterboard me and you can't pull my teeth. But I have purchased you a beautiful new knife. I would like to do knife play. And when he said that, I thought, hmm, I don't think I could ever cut anybody realistically. And sometimes in anger, I may have said like, well, I'll cut you. you." But I've never really cut anybody. Like I've never hurt anybody with a knife. Mm -hmm. So he brought me and gifted me this beautiful knife. And the first time I looked at it, I thought, oh, there's just no way I could cut him. So we kind of geared it toward, and he said, use it whenever you feel you're ready. He was blindfolded, he was tied down, and I was sitting on the bondage table. And I was, I will not lie, I was terrified, but we had already played for probably 12 hours. And I started running the knife, but I didn't see any blood. And I was just carving my initials on his chest. And he said, press harder. So I did. And then I seen the blood and I seen the DKM come across his chest. It dropped me into a headspace that I'd never experienced. And I started an overwhelming crying. Like I couldn't, tears were just falling on his body. So I got off the table, wiped my face unstrapped and wiped off his chest but for him too it was powerful and he said why did you cry and I said because I just realized if I had to I could cut somebody (laughs) (laughs) I've always threatened but I didn't know if I could and now I know that if you are mean to me I could be like I'm gonna cut you and yeah I'll probably enjoy it (laughs) oh my god but it was so powerful because it was the first time and to see like I mean how many people really walk around with a knife carving their initials other than in like weird shows on tv maybe right right for Hollywood right but like in real life yeah right and now it's not as emotional for us but we still do it he visits me once a month and we still but it doesn't sink me there. But it was a realization that, oh, I really like this. Does that? Yeah. And then that's where I called my mentor and I'm like, am I weird? <laughs> it's like, I really enjoyed it. 
Yeah. I wish more people would let me cut them. <laughs> and pay me. Absolutely. Right. And that was, that was one of the moments where your mentor was like, I can't go with you there. He's like, you're way further. I've never played with knives. Yeah. I don't. He said, but what you need now to do is book a spa day. So often he'll send me like PayPal me money. And he's like, you need to go to the spa, go get your nails done, go get your facial, go do something for you. Yes. Not for your family, not for your friends, but for you. And that's, I usually do that. I go for a pedicure or a massage or a facial, but for me. Yeah, absolutely. I love this man already. Like, right. <laughs> just like, yes. Um, yeah. Cause self-care is key is key. Yeah. We can't, we can't keep showing up in the way that we want to, if we don't refill our coffers. Right. Yeah, exactly. So that's, been my journey. I started light and I continued to grow sometimes saying, well, I don't think I'll ever do that. And then the next thing, you know, I have a new toy and I'm like, huh, I'm <laughs> like the knife. Oh, I'm going to do this. Better learn how to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Same with needles. I took some classes. I spent all the money on this beautiful needle kit, but then, and I, I was, my daughter actually let me practice on her cool and then I was just afraid to stick people with them and then once I did it the first time it's like okay this is kind of fun actually it's therapeutic almost like yoga yeah it's or meditation it's amazing how nerve-wracking some of the stuff can be initially and then you're just like oh oh no I can see I can see this now I get it yes. yeah Okay. One more question. And then we'll get into the rapid fire. Okay. What is something you wish more people would understand about sex work or being a pro dom in your case? That I don't have sex with people mm -hmm. that truly. So I used to do senior care and that was rewarding. That was so rewarding because people came there and you changed their lives, but they came there to die. Mm -hmm. And that wrenched my heart day after day, people dying in my arms. I couldn't. So when I lost my job, I didn't want to do that. This is more rewarding because people share with me their darkest secrets. And I'm like their therapist. I've had more grown men cry because of the release of being able to be who they want to be or do what they want. And it truly strengthens for the guys that their wives don't know, it strengthens their marriage. But some people come as couples, but it's truly therapeutic. And I don't, people that are, are not into it don't see it that way, mm -hmm. but it truly is. And that, the letters I have, um, I don't know if you can see, there's a box behind me. Yeah. That is filled with just letters of gratitude. To the brim. Yeah. To the brim. And that, if I ever feel bad or question, I just start reading those because they are powerful about how I've changed somebody's life. And that's what I love. The stigma that comes with doing any kind of sex work uh, yes. will make anyone doubt 
um, on a bad day in particular. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we shouldn't be like that. Mm -mm. Whether you're a companion, whether you're a stripper, whether you're a cam girl, an OnlyFans person, it shouldn't matter. We're working. Yeah. Yeah. And it's valued, obviously. Right. right. Otherwise, they all wouldn't be out there. A hundred percent. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> we wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for some rapid know. fire scares questions? Me. This is the part that scares me. <laughs> well, this is, you got your whip. I'm, and I'm ready for that. Um, okay. So these are basically just like first thing that comes to your head. Just answer it that way. Um, so the first one is complete the sentence. Good sex is kinky. And what is your go-to comfort food? Ooh, um, ice cream. Very nice. Particular flavor? <laughs> uh, vanilla. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, what movie or TV show have you recently become obsessed with? Um, Schitt's Creek. Yes. That's hysterical. I just finished the last season. Oh, that's amazing. We need something to make us laugh too during these right. times. So I never, ever watch TV, but something personal about me is I've gone through cancer for the last two years. Wow. So I've had a lot of time off with chemo where I was not allowed to leave my home for six weeks six week increments. Wow. So I had to learn how to watch TV and I learned about Netflix because I never used to watch TV. Mm -hmm. So I did the Ozarks. Queen of the South loved. It also had things to educate me and help me in my BDSM world because yes. they do painful things. <laughs> <laughs> Same with Ozark. <laughs> you love a little bit of research. Right. Research and but Schitt's Creek was my most recent. Like I just, oh, they have another season and now it's gone. It's like, now what? Right. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's perfect. I love it. Um, and then favorite sex toy or prop? Hitachi, the wand. Mm. Everybody should have a wand in their goodie bag. If you don't, I will get you one and I will get you some attachments because hands down, I will make sure that you have the time of your life and I will teach you. When people say, why are you happy? I'm like the Hitachi, the wand. Mm -hmm. When my hair was long, I would dry my hair and use the wand and release endorphins and dried my hair. <laughs> oh, you are a multitasker. I like this about you. <laughs> uh, it's such a good one too. Everyone should have a Hitachi wand. You, if you were to win an all expenses paid trip away for a weekend, anywhere in the world, where would you go? I only get a weekend. Yeah. In this, you only get a weekend oh, in this so particular situation. Well, then you've got to travel like all those hours. So you don't want to go far because then you waste your fun time. Or you get the weekend like at the place. How about that? Australia. Australia. I've always wanted to go, but I've never gone. That sounds wonderful. It's for the Aussie accent, though. I'm afraid of what I might do. Like, just close my eyes and say, hey. <laughs> it's the it's accent. so sexy. I know. I'm, I'm afraid I have sex with everybody. 
they exactly. probably would not mind that. Right here, could you read me this book? <laughs> yeah, I have an Aussie sub. When he flew in to see me, I made him sit and read to me. I love that. <laughs> like to speak to me. What was it you said earlier? They they deliver what you want, but in I deliver I deliver what they want, but I serve it how I want to serve it. Exactly that. So, um, but he has this phenomenal accent. So, and all during chemo, he would call and talk to me when I was <sighs> like trapped. He's like, I'm just calling so you could hear my, and I wish I could mimic the accent, but I can't. But he, <laughs> <laughs> that was one. my cheer up while while I would go. He would call and just talk to me. Oh, that makes my heart so happy hearing that. <laughs> okay. What a good sub. Okay. I know. What a good sub. Um, okay. A book that you consider mandatory reading. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I know this one's hard. No, because I don't ever refer books. I have all sorts of books, but I don't refer. I mean, because I'm always reading books on psychology yeah um, or success or money a lot of psychology books because of what I do yeah so I don't have really one that I would um I can't answer that because <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> well even in those even in those genres is there one that's like I don't know that really affected you Probably a book that affected me a long time ago was, um, I think it's Dale Carnegie, The Seven Something to Success. That, oh, yeah. Right. It's all about success. So you keep planted and no matter whether you do sex work or you're in sales or whatever, there's the same steps that you need to do to be successful. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people say, oh, must be nice. You're lucky. I'm like, no, Mm -mm. I work hard. There's marketing, there's branding, there's advertising, there's learning about products, keeping up with your people. There's follow-up. It's just not people showing up and I swing a whip. Right. Exactly. There's so much more. Right. Or even for an OnlyFans person or a stripper, they, they have to purchase clothing. They have to dance. They have to have music. They have to have routines. They have to be able to be working out. So their body's perfect. And yep. And marketing still applies and like keeping up with your people yeah. still apply. Yeah. It's people right. don't understand so, that it's actually work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. What about an album or musical artist you've been grooving to lately? Um, um machine gun kelly yes (laughs) that checks out yeah he does a song with eminem it's called bad mother oh my god yes i feel like i've heard that on the radio bad motherfucker is the song and um Sometimes when somebody's not quite sure, once they're secured and they're not quite sure, cause I look so soccer mom-like, <laughs> they're worried that I can't pull off 
the discipline Mm -hmm. and what they want, then I will put that on. I'm like, yeah, here's my go-to song. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like get ready. (laughs) Amazing. And what is your favorite quality about yourself? My favorite is probably my heart. It's probably too big. My heart is really big. I can feel that from here. Yeah. Maybe not too big, but you have a very big heart. My subs all know that I'm there for them. Even if they're not doing a session, if they're struggling, I have people that take care of their parents or somebody ill. I will meet them for lunch when they need to get away. Do I get paid for it? Nope. Not at all. How I get paid is that maybe one day it'll come back to me mm-hmm. and how it has come back to me. I use one guy that he's a single man that works and was taking care of his mom, his dad, and his aunt, as well as working. And one day I called him. I'm like, dude, we're going to go to lunch just person to person. He said, I don't have time. I said, you have to make time. If you don't, you will snap. He said that was the best gift of all. He is one of the several people that checked on me, wanted to send me money. I didn't ask for any because I don't. When I was going through round and round of chemo, it's my kindness is my testament of what they did for me when I was off. So I think that's the best is, is my, my genuine heart, even though I have a naughty mouth sometimes. Yes. <laughs> That's one thing I think people don't understand about sex work is that it is relationship building. Um, Correct. Yeah. And that's, a, it's just like a really beautiful thing and a testament that um, your subs show up the way that they do um, because you show up for them. Correct. And they all, when I used to travel or even even now, if there's bad weather, they all send me, I can't tell you how many send me weather alerts. Not <laughs> sure if you're at the office or your home, but there are tornado warnings out. Please be careful. Or when some of the protesting first started, please, like, where are you at? Be, be careful. Or the people that know where I travel to, please be careful. This is going on. Or there's a snowstorm coming and they will track me. Not that they have GPS, but it is a level of care for their mistress. They don't want me hurt just as I don't want anything to happen to them. I love that. So it's as weird as it would sound to maybe somebody outside the industry, because I think whether you're a dancer, an OnlyFans person, uh, a companion, a dominatrix, if you're really good at what you do, you have those relationships. Absolutely. And and they're, they're strong. I mean, I've seen people for solid seven years. That's longer than any dating relationship. Oh my God. Same. (laughs) I'm just like, what? (laughs) Probably because they don't have to have any closet space. (laughs) (laughs) You take your toothbrush. All that. (laughs) There is no drawers for you. My boots have the whole closet. Absolutely. A whole closet for boots is a dream of mine. <laughs> so good. Um, you're out of curiosity. You are, you are officially like cancer free and everything. Is that? Uh, no. 
<laughs> Are we ever really? Right, um, that's fair. Yes. I just, um, so mine is skin cancer. Okay. So the importance of a facial. I never treated myself to a facial and I bought a series of six three years ago and I went for two, these like, uh, like, I don't remember, there were some sort of scrubs to make your lighter, brighter and all fancy. <clears throat> the third one, the first two were done by one person. The third one, the first lady had been in a car accident or something. And the woman said, hey, uh, you have this little spot on your chest. Um, uh, how long has it been there? I'm like, oh, about nine years, it comes and goes. She said, really? You ever have it looked at? I said, yeah, I was told it was eczema. It's not no big deal. And she said, mm, that's not eczema. And she went and got a doctor. Doctor came in, looked at it, said, we're doing a biopsy right now. I said, oh no, I'm here for a facial. <laughs> and she said, no, that's cancer. And if it's been there nine years, we have to make sure it's not near lymph nodes. We need to know what kind it is. So they did a biopsy. Two days later, they called, said, we're going to do surgery. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm not like really ready for this. She said, you, do you want to die? I said, no. She goes, so you got to come in. So they did across my chest. They did 30 stitches, but you can't even see the scar. Yeah. Wow. And then I kept coming back. So then after about a year, she's like, we got to start chemo. And I will not lie. I cried when she told me I had to have chemo. She asked if I felt sorry for myself. I said, yes. So she introduced me to a 26 year old woman who just came back from her honeymoon a week ago. Her skin cancer already got into her lymph nodes and her diagnosis was she has three to six months to live. Oh my God. So I stopped crying and I said, my, my oncologist said, fight. It's not in your lymph nodes. So that was the first, they do third degree burns, like your face, my face, neck, and chest. I oh. thought I would be scarred for life. On the flip side, the good news is it's made me look younger. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh I your face off. <laughs> and then when they told me I had to have it again, I'm like, that was like, and you can't cry because you have third degree burns and your tears have salt. So you can't cry when there's pain. And you can't be near any sunlight. So all your blinds have to stay closed. You can't go anywhere because you're an open wound. So you have to stay at home and do nothing. Oh so I God. did that in 2019 for six, six different times. I did three weeks and three weeks. Um, in 2018, I did 12 weeks. And now they found a little spot on my ear. Now we're waiting for that. But she said, I said, so now you got to take my ear off. And she goes, no, we have to do surgery. She goes, we can fix it. Don't worry. And I'm like, okay, no big deal. I just say, you should see the person that like I cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my lymph nodes. So I try to be really positive because I believe yeah. a positive is what keeps you going. And it's not all from the sun. Because people are like, well, you were a sun worshiper. I said, yes, but our world is full of pollutants. So yeah. some of mine is from the preservatives in food because mm -hmm. I didn't used to eat really healthy years ago. Um, from the canned goods, canned goods put metal. Yeah. I believe you eat really healthy from what I watch. <laughs> <laughs> I do indeed. 
I grew up at a in a hippie high school and I went to a hippie college. So I, I, I used to have the attitude of like, well, we're going to get cancer from everything. So like, cause I was also a smoker for a while. So I, um, it was more of like a fuck it attitude. And now right. I'm just kind of like a everything in moderation sort of attitude. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we just, I take each day and, um, I dread going every three months because it's like, what else are they going to find? But mm-hmm. on the flip side, I check all my subs body. I'd be like, okay, you need to make yourself a doctor's appointment. This is what I found. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> you need to make an appointment right away. I found a mole that shouldn't be there. You need to, or this one's really grown. If you don't do an appointment, I won't see you no more. And they'll do appointments. So I've had several that have had removals, but they don't see their back or they might not see, they might not check. Yeah. Cause I see them. So now, because I have to check every day, I look at everybody through the eyes of my doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go get that checked out. I love that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you have such a contagious, positive attitude. I it's been really incredible to get to talk to you. I don't want to like overstep our hour. Um, okay. I'm but, fine. I just, this has been fun. Yeah. Uh, doing this with you has been like, your energy is so good. Oh, like so good. I feel the very same. Like this has been, I came in super nervous and I was like, I don't know, like, is she going to like me? And then, <laughs> <laughs> and you Did were you just, really, oh yeah. Oh, I'm, I like, mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate the work that you do and I'd love to know more and I'd like to Can I tell friends. you one more story? Please. I love stories. So when I was at the Janet's dungeon mm-hmm. about six weeks ago, this couple came in, they are in their seventies because she volunteered the information. She had a walker. He had a cane. And I said, <laughs> first time in here. She's like, oh, no, honey, we've been coming here for years. I said, awesome. She goes, he's my sub, and he's been such a good boy. I'm bring, buying him a new collar. I said, how long have you been married? She goes, since we were in our early 20s and we're in our late 70s now. I'm like, good for you. They have kept it real for all these years, even with her walker and him with his cane. That's that awesome. That, that makes my heart so happy. And that's when people, when, when people are like, oh, you don't want to be doing this into your old age or whatever people say, like into your sixties. And I'm just like, how do I know? Um, what if I do? Like, look at captivating Corey. She's 60, like 61, I think now. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I, it's for me, it's building relationships and I want to be building relationships my entire life and so right. who's to say I don't want to be doing this work into and you can actually help people a lot of our job can be these like therapy sessions and especially working with like working with couples sometimes it's like this is this is how you communicate you kind of lead by example correct yeah this has been fun yeah and I'm so flattered I was picked for first one yes <laughs> I just like I've been itching to get to talk to you so this has been really wonderful and I thank you so much for taking the time and let's let's please hang out some lunch 
Yeah, I would love that. Something healthy in moderation. Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> all right, great. Thank you. Thank you. Have so a great much. day. You too. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Bye. So that was my interview with Domina Cat Morgan. I have put all of her links in the show notes uh, so you can find her on Twitter and Instagram, anywhere else that you might be able to find Domina Cat Morgan. Uh, if you want to support the show, I have created a Patreon, so you are welcome to support on Patreon or just tell your friends about the show. Word of mouth is incredibly powerful, and I appreciate it all. Um, I've also got my own my own stuff in the show notes in case you want to follow me. So I thank you so much. This is a journey, and I'm really grateful to have you all on it with me as listeners. And any feedback you have for me would be wildly valuable. So feel free to write in. The email for the podcast is sexygalaxypod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at sexygalaxypod. So thank you again. I hope you have a wonderful day and have enjoyed the show. May the force be with you, or Nanu Nanu, or however we're going to sign off on this show. Uh, We'll figure that out. Live long and prosper. 